Barbecue with you at Bringing It Home. Uh, today, I am very excited that we have our resident parenting guru with us once again, Mr. Mark Freeman. His children are old. He continues to offer me wisdom. This past week, we had a great conversation about some parenting things, and he's with us again. He's going to talk about keys to unlocking the locked door of communicating with our kids, and certainly we all want to be better communicators in all of our relationships, but certainly as parents to children. And I do pray for you all uh, that you're going to receive this, and I pray that you're encouraged. I know none of us are perfect. We just follow the one who is perfect, that's Jesus. But may he empower you and encourage you today through this podcast on communicating with our kids. And if you are a listener to this podcast and you haven't subscribed yet to our podcast, all you have to do is text the word podcast to 797979, and then you'll be subscribed, and then you'll get these updates every time we put a podcast out every week. And then you can just click and listen right to them. So all you got to do is text the word podcast to 797979. May God bless you as parents as you seek to bring it home and listen to Mr. Mark Freeman's wisdom on parenting. God bless. Welcome to Bringing It Home, where it is God's word and God's grace that we're bringing to help you in your home to be more effective parents. So in our household, we teach our kids that there's no absolute beyond Jesus in your life. So as I share this piece of wisdom with you that I've learned, I would love to say that it's absolutely true, but that would be breaking my rule. So I'll tell you that it works really, really well. It's worked with me for thousands of students that I've taught. It's worked with, with my own three children. And it's actually an application of what Solomon wrote in Proverbs 25:11 that said, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. So people often ask me, because I've been teaching for a while now, is how are kids different than they were 10 years ago or 20 years ago or even back in my day? And my answer is actually not very much. Sure, they have new technologies and they have their texters and their social media and all that stuff, but the what and why that they're communicating is no different than when you were a kid. So when it comes to communicating with kids, I've learned that like what Solomon said, it's not always what I said or the apple, it's how I've said it or the silver platter that I'm delivering it on. So the secret or this wisdom that I've learned, it's not my own. It came from a Bible study that I participated in years ago. It, it was based on a book by Gary Chapman. And it was called The Five Love Languages. So the book in a nutshell says that each of us, our kids included, have a love language that we speak when we receive or give love. And he listed five of them. The first one was acts of service. And what that means is if you want to show love or receive love, people do that through acts of service, small acts of service. It could be, hey, I cleaned my room, I changed the oil in the car, I went grocery shopping, I cut the lawn, or things like that. That would be an act of service. The second love language was words of affirmation. And words of affirmation are things like, oh, I love you, you did a great job, I'm very proud of you, things of, of that nature. The next word or love language is gifts. And these don't always need to be big gifts. It doesn't have to be a new car or a new iPhone or a diamond ring. It could be little gifts. Um, my wife happens to be a gift person. And sometimes gifts are like bringing her her favorite candy bar home or something like that would be a great gift to her uh, just because it means that I thought of her things like that the next love language number four 
is physical touch. And that's like holding hands or hugging or things like that, that that person receives and gives love by actually physically touching somebody else. And the last one, but not the least one, is quality time. And quality time is actually, as it says, spending time together. So this person shows love, receives love by spending actual time with somebody. Now, to some degree, we're all of these things, and they're all nice, you know, who doesn't like to get a gift every now and then or spend time with the people that they love. But the way the author describes it is you're one of these, and our kids are one of these things that they absolutely, life would be unbearable without that thing. Okay? So I found this to be very, very true with my kids and my students. I'll give you an example. We just recently came back from a break at school, and I love to ask the kids what they did over the break because it tells you a lot about them and what brings them joy. And I had a seventh grader, a seventh grade girl, and I asked, and she said, I had a great weekend. I cleaned out the garage for my parents. And she was very proud, and her face lit up as she said it. Now, if you're me and you hear that, what do you think that student's love language does? Even more important, if you were her teacher or her parent and you wanted to connect with her, to have her listen to what you would like to talk to her about, what might be the silver platter that you would use to deliver that message or that lesson on? Obviously for her, it was acts of service. And we talked about that, and I even shared that with her, and we got a chuckle out of it, but it was very, very true that she agreed that her love language was acts of service. So for her, if I need to better communicate in the future with her, I'll do that while performing an act of service for her. So what would that look like in my classroom? It might mean that uh, if she's struggling with something, I might go to her and say, hey, I know you've been worried about getting this thing done. How about... I free you, give you an extra day to work on it just so you'd be a little more relaxed about it and get it done, right? I've performed an act of service to help her personally. Do you think that that message would, and what I'm saying, would be better received by her after I had done that? For her, absolutely it would. And if you listen and observe your kids, you'll quickly figure out what their love language is, just like I did with that student. They will use words or actions or they'll tell you stories to show you because we usually give the love language that we like to receive. So if you notice your child, if they love to hug you all the time or they look at you all the time to comment on the drawing that they made and tell them how wonderful it is or if they want to follow you all around the house, you'll know. They'll be telling you, hey, this is my love language. So... One of the most common questions I get as a teacher is about homework and how to help my kids do homework. How do you do that? So I'm going to apply this in my own home and share a story with you on how I do it at home um, to, to show you how this really works. I have three kids, a daughter and two sons. Um, they have three different love languages, which is very interesting. My daughter is a quality time person. Absolutely loves spending time with people. Um, the worst thing you could ever do to her would be to send her to a room where she's not with everybody would drive her crazy. I have a middle son, or my middle child's a son, and his love language is words of affirmation. So he just looks for words of affirmation. That's what um, keeps him going. And my last son is physical touch. He's constantly hugging us, 
constantly. He does not go to bed every night without literally finding everybody in the household, even the dog, and hugging them goodnight every night. It's because physical touch is his love language. So three different love languages when it comes to homework in our house. And I wish I could tell you I just figured this out and I was you know, this came over time. But uh, for my daughter, when she was doing homework, because she's a quality time person, my wife or I, one of us, would actually sit at the kitchen table and do our work while she was working on her homework. To be in the same room with her, working on, didn't have to be working on her own homework, but she was getting her love language. That was the platter on which we delivered homework. So we'd spend time together, we would just be in the same room, we didn't even have to talk about the homework, we just had to be there in her quality time language, and she would work on her homework. My middle son, whose words of affirmation, all I'd have to do is talk about his homework with him and how proud I, we are of him and how great he is and you ask him if he has any questions, anything we can help him on. I could literally be in the other room cooking dinner or working on something else with him and he's getting his love language because we're talking to him and ask him how it's going and tell him what a great job he's doing and you can do it and you're almost done. Look, only five more problems to go and you're, you're there. I can't believe how well you're doing on that. Um, and he, he was fulfilled in working on his homework. Now that would not work with my daughter, right? I would have to be in the room or it would drive her crazy or at the table. My last son is physical touch. And you're like, how does physical touch have to do with homework? Um, with him, we would start, I would literally touch him. He would be sitting at the, at the table working on something. I would rub his back or grab his hand or just rub his hair or something like that and tell him, hey, you're doing a great job. Keep going. You're going to do it. Maybe when you're done, um, you know, we'll rub your back or we can wrestle or whatever it is that he would like to do about that love language and it would keep him going. So three different kids, three different love languages, all the same activity that we needed to get done. It's just the way we approached it was very, very different and it worked for each kid. So I'm not saying this is gonna work immediately in your house and you're gonna you're gonna go and read this book by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages. There's no magic wand. You still have to choose the right words, or as Solomon said, you have to you have to have the golden apple and you have to still work on those things. But the silver platter you deliver it on make can make all the difference on whether or not you're getting through to them and they're listening or they're receptive to your message. So if you Google five love languages, you'll find a wealth of information out there. There's even surveys you can take with your kids. I did it with my seventh and eighth graders last week um, and they could, for teenagers, and they could do it to figure out their love language. You could determine yours. You can determine theirs. You could even do it as a family devotion time, an applied family devotion. Um, kids love to know what your love language is and, and how to communicate with you. It's a great activity. The results are well, well worth it. So that's my short little message today about the five love languages. I know it can help you in your home if you're willing to put in the effort to do it and to learn and listen to your kids to find out what theirs is. I pray this podcast will help you better communicate with your children by focusing not just on the apple that you're delivering, not just the message, but the platter, the silver platter that Solomon talked about on how you're delivering that. May God bless each of you as you continue in your parenting ministry. Amen.